Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Luxury Healing, baby. <laughs>
some we couldn't find the footage of, some we've had some knockdown, drag out, you know, not so much arguments, but where people differed in opinion. You know, he had a <clears throat> he had a lot of picnicias on his show. You know, I've had a lot of, you know, toxic masculine men on my show that, you know, Wood has had to gather and get them together. And so if you guys aren't following him on Instagram or on Facebook, he's going to give you all his handles, you know, and we've had, I want to say at one point, we had over, well over 100,000 uh, listeners on one of our on one of our shows we did together before, and so we were trying to get it so that we could have the visuals. So, y'all, I know y'all I keep promising y'all that YouTube, but y'all know I just Auntie does not care. I just be literally sitting here looking crazy with a bun in my hair. I'm drinking some uh, vodka and OJ this evening, some Tito's. But yeah, what is my homeboy? We were zipping around in the Corvette when we were down there, and I was trying to find the imagery. He actually sent me the pictures from that, and I I don't know what happened. The universe just doesn't want y'all to see how, you know, much fun we had, but he will be on the show shortly. So basically um, we are entering uh, fall. Y'all know winter is upon us. Y'all know that I recently just made a lot of changes. There's a lot of excellent good things that are coming and y'all know that I like to keep a lot of my good things to myself. One of the things I'm not going to keep to myself on National Sunday is the fact that we went to one of our first uh, college orientations today with Boom. Uh, we went as a family. His girlfriend came with us, and my significant other went, and he, we kind of went in there, got the information that we needed, and we're trying to integrate everything together, and we've been kind of trying to make moves, you know, family-wise and getting, you know, bank accounts and everything set up so that we're able to, you know, move forward and function uh, as a family. So that's always exciting. I've been a little dormant lately because I've been dealing with, you know, just a lot of things that go along with planning um, when you have businesses and then my busy season is coming up and then there's a lot of announcements that have to be made and, you know, documents that are being signed and things of such. But without further ado, let's see if this is my boy right here on the line. Is this my caller? Is this my, my Wood Gatlin on the line? <laughs> What's up with it, what the business is? Come on now, introduce yourself to the people that may not know you or recall you from over the years. <laughs> well, number one, before I introduce myself to them, thank you for having me on, sis. I appreciate Always. it. Always. It's been way too long, way too long. But for those who I know, don't we know, we on iTunes voice, now. We famous. <laughs> we on <laughs> iTunes now. We made it. You know, right? But uh, for those that don't know the voice, you still made the right choice. This is um, your favorite Uncle Step Zaddy Wood Gatlin. Um, you can always check on me on Trust Unc. Just really dropping gems all over everywhere right now, doing the most without doing the least. You know. So give them all your handles on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find me everywhere with Viva, V-I-V-A, Wood, W-O-O-D, Life. You can check the hashtags, Trust Unc, T-R-U-S-T-U-N-C, uh, Zaddy Talk, Z-A-D-D-Y-T-A-L-K, or even Wood Law, W-O-O-D, L-A-W. It all comes back to me. Okay, good. So first off, 
um, a lot of us, and I was just getting to tell everyone about how a lot of us have been laying dormant, and not even really because of the pandemic, but just because a lot of uh, relationships and business shifting has been occurring. And so I I like to talk about the fact that when a lot of us are laying dormant, it doesn't mean that we're just sitting here doing nothing. A lot of us, you know, can be extremely productive in the moments that you're not, because especially you and I, we're pretty vocal in a lot of stuff that we're doing. And so a lot of people come to us, you know, especially you, you were doing the Daily Wood, and me, I'm doing my Tell the Truth Tuesday, Manic Monday, Wild Wednesday, Factual Friday, Soulful Sunday, you know, Soulful Saturday. You know, we had something for every day of the week, and so we're, we're content kings and queens, you know. And then when people don't hear from us, they feel like they're not being nourished, and they don't understand that we have to take time away, not so much to reinvent, but to regroup and recalibrate what's the next step in branding? You know what I mean? Because you don't Mm -hmm. get to be in this industry. This is my eighth year on this show. Uh, This is my eighth year on this show. Uh, We're in season eight. This is episode three of season eight. And, you know, you don't get to be eight years, almost 400 shows in by not, you know, understanding that things need to change and how we move forward and still stay relevant. So what have you been doing? You know, the way that I've tackled that, um, you know, originally I took, I stepped away from everything except for the radio. You know, I was on an internationally syndicated radio show, so I kept that up right. and got off social media for a while. And then, right. to keep it all the way funky with you, I decided what I was going to do was absolutely not stay relevant in regards to, you know, you reach that point as a creative and as an artist where it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It really doesn't matter. Um, how people respond to it. You just get to that point where you have that integrity in your work where you just put it out. You put out what you feel, how you feel, when you feel it. Um, and if you did your job properly uh, over the time building foundation, your tribe finds you, right? And then your tribe goes to get other members of your tribe. <clears throat> and that's what I've been doing. So the main thing for me, though, um, since besides being out here not giving zero fucks, <laughs> has been uh, to feed the people with consistency, you know, because I haven't been, I was extremely, I'll say like Prince with my with my supporters and my fan base. I give you a little bit, then I dip, you know, tell them when you see me again, right? But I've chosen at this point to be consistent with it, and that's led to other things I'm doing with that same base. So it's wonderful, man, but um. You know, giving it to them daily, the people are responding, but that's it. And, you know, for people like you and I, for creatives like us that have a unique voice, that have a unique place, you know, it's really important to feed the machine. It's important to feed the masses because they can't get what you give them anywhere else. That's impossible. Nobody else serves it up quite like you serve it. Right. Um, And when people have, when you find your tribe or your audience that has that, um, that has that uh, that particular taste, right, and has that evolved palette, if you will, for your work where you don't have, there's no code switching, there's no changing up, and you keep it the same regardless anytime and all the time, it's magic. So right now for me, once I step back in, it was just all gas, no brakes. 
Yeah, I really love that we've gone from like the, you know, we still have the wood bomb, we still have, you know, the book with that, and then we went to that, to the zaddy, and then we went, we saw you in a relationship, which you and I are pretty much the same, we keep our relationships off the internet, pretty much, like I said, mine, in the last seven months, I think I've posted them twice, I posted something about, you know, us being engaged, and you know, you know, everybody, of course, was like, congratulations, and then it just turned into, you know, people coming up to me like, oh, well, then who is it, and just, like, weird shit, and I'm just like, come on now, like, you know, and you know, you know, I'm a tip by blood, not relation, you know, you know, if I'm getting married, it's a situation, like, because we, you know, and, and it was a choice, it was, it was definitely something that was long, and people don't understand that marriage is not just, I just love you so much, Marriage is a partnership, marriage is a fucking business, and marriage is a job. And the reason that a lot of women didn't get the job is because it was not for you to get the job, okay? So I I never, you know, and, and especially, you know, at this age, you know, a lot of people, you know, because you know me, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. It's going to be all the way done. But what marriage is to me, because I've already been married, I have you know, a, a wonderful, you know, son that, you know, came out of that marriage. I don't want the wedding. I want the marriage. So the wedding isn't as important to me as, as the marriage is, right? Everything has to be solid. And so there are certain things, especially where I'm going in life and where he's coming from in life that have to be decided because of the, the fact that we you got to buckle up. Like shit's about. I can't wait for you to meet him because this ain't. So a lot of people don't know that Wood actually met one of my fiancés before, and it's funny because a lot of people when they saw the last guy I was with in Houston, a lot of people knew off the bat that shit wasn't gonna work. You know, like <laughs> motherfuckers was like, yeah, that that ain't. Yeah, that's cute. That look at her playing with the pansy. Look, that ain't gonna work. Um, and look wise, you would have thought like would well, remember like so. First of all, one thing about me, um, a lot of problems that a lot of women had, and we've discussed this on your shows, is that a lot of problems that a lot of these women had. Like I never had these problems. Like I never really dated like a bum. Like I never really dated a motherfucker that didn't put forth effort. I never like it. Just it never happened to me. Like so, I've had some other shit happen, but I've never. It just never happened. And so when I ran across somebody who I call them the poors, you know, somebody that really shouldn't have been out dating at all, um, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, and it wasn't that he was broke. It was just he had poor discernment and money. And we could, I couldn't figure out where your money was going because he didn't have kids. Then the way he treated his parents, that was a whole situation without getting too much into that. And so – it was funny because I remember we all, remember the martini bar we all were at when we were down there in Houston? Mm-hmm, remember you mm-hmm. came through? And uh, yeah, I was absolutely. with my girl Liz. I was with my girl Liz, and we just doing this and we doing that. And he had to understand, like, you were supposed to pull your wallet out, bro. You know, he, he was supposed to pull his wallet out, and he didn't. And so when he didn't, I just was kind of like, even though I'm from the north, you know, even in Southern tradition, like, what are you doing? And then I remember thinking to myself, this man doesn't have an identity. And when you're dealing with somebody like me, you have to be your own person because if you're not your own person, your own man, you're going to get lost. And and this ain't going to work because I'm who I am from the beginning to the end. 
and and you can't be a shapeshifter when you're with me. You can't, and a lot of women also do that too. Like a man, listen, when you're powerful, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you have people that will shapeshift to be in relationships with you. Okay, you'll have a woman that she might not eat this or she might not do that, but she'll do it because she would you. And it's not so. So there's a difference between conforming, like in this relationship, I've had to conform to certain things because of the profession that he's in, and it's like you know top secret things and certain things that are going on. So I've had to conform and become a little bit more, um, not so much less visible, but but more secure in certain things that I do because this is a, a safety issue. Um, and that's okay. That's me conforming to the type of man that I'm dealing with. It's like dating Liam Neeson from fucking Taken. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's, you know, that, that's what we're dealing with here. But um, that is his literal whole career. But when you're dating somebody like me, like, this is somebody that I remember the one day he had posted, not him, but the, the previous one that you met, when the custom pastor uh, was wearing a lot of my zero fucks here. A lot of people don't know that I was the, the owner, that I still am the owner of zero fuck, zero FUX. And the custom pastor was wearing my gear, and he had posted it trying to shout me out. But you didn't post it trying to shout me out. You posted it trying to pee on my leg. And and if you were really my man, you wouldn't be trying to pee on my leg. You see what I'm saying? It was giving weirdo vibes, right? So the women that were dealing with you, you know, we watched you zip this woman off to this vacation and you know a lot of people don't know what has gone into the floral shops and bought you know 200 roses and you know done these elaborate vacations in the middle east and like all that shit that y'all see that's content creators this is a man right here that actually has went and done it so when people say like oh motherfuckers just doing that for the internet what is actually one of the guys that actually went out there and really did it and that was really his lady you know and then for whatever reason, things happen, you know. And so I also don't think that people understand that you can have healthy breakups, you know, because where you're going, some people can't come with you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that particular breakup, yeah, that particular breakup, dude didn't do nothing to me. It was just where he was at and how he treated his family and where I was going and how I treat my family, that wasn't going to work. And so I'd rather, I mean, nothing. you know. It, it wasn't going to work, so I'd rather just cut it off now. You know what I mean? And that was years ago, but still. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think you, um, I'm going to write about this, but I think, you know, unfortunately for me, I've essentially had healthy breakups, but I think healthy breakups are huge, man. I think, um, you know, it, it's that point when you realize, and even if bad blood has occurred, you know, you don't own the other person, they don't own you. And if you're really in it for them, you want their happiness regardless. Right, um, and vice versa. I mean, you can you can move forward <clears throat> as long as different violations didn't occur. You can move forward, um, and it can be all right. And I think one of the things to learn as you as you move and grow and experience things, when you do things truly from the heart, now when you do things, and you know it may be more about reciprocity, but it's not about tit for tat, or it's it's from right. the heart. Then it really doesn't matter, right? Um, there's no bitter Betty, you know, or bitter Bill. I did all this, I did all that, and I can't believe because that's just how I live, right? And if, if you're the person that I'm rocking with, you're the person I'm fucking with, that's what, that's how it's going to occur for you, right? Um, and then based on the level and depth of the connection, 
that's going to occur and happen for you um, to a different extreme. But there's no need for the hard feelings, right? Like, you know, if, if, if you're if you are a skyscraper, you know, every single one of those experiences is just another floor that's added to help you get to the top, yeah. you know what I'm saying, to where you headed. So that's how it is. Now, again, I mean, you know, there's, there's situations where you have major violations, et cetera, and that's different. But I think, too, man, when you look at things in the context of time, a lot of times you get a second to breathe and exhale. A lot of times shit ain't that bad, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just we weren't supposed to be together, right? And once you've had that and went about it, I think when you don't get the opportunity to do it in a healthy manner, that's when you carry that residual toxicity on you, right, which can then have an impact on the next thing. So, like, for me, you know, during this time, what I did after that breakup with the last, you know, young woman you were talking about, we're Gucci mm-hmm. to this day. Um, she had wonderful adventures and experience and seeing things and and I, I, I did things finally to someone I hadn't done before. You know, I do all kind of shit, but that was, I really took it to another level with that one. But mm-hmm. the what I did was, I, I just stopped. Like I literally, when it was over, I was like, you know what, that was a significant relationship. Yeah. Let me process this before I move forward with anything else, right? Because I, you know, I'm past the different woman in my bed every night phase, right? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. past the, the the consistent heels on headboard ministry, <laughs> and I got too much to lose for that. So I said, let me chill. Yes, me and that's me. a huge thing. And and so I'm glad that you said that. So so one of the things that I was trying to explain to the you know the the man I'm with now is that when you you know everybody goes through their phases, right? And so I didn't go through a lot of phases because I had way too much shit to lose. And my paranoia with men, my experiences with men would not allow me to be part of the heels on the headboard ministry because I'm like, I don't trust these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers be out here trying to kill my ass. You know what I'm saying? And the things that I like to do, I cannot do that with but one person at a time because these motherfuckers, I will be up in a hospital somewhere if I try to leave because I know myself. I know I'll be like, all right, bye. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm out here acting like a dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, i really be like, okay, thank you. Like, you know what I'm saying? And go on about my day. So I was trying to explain to him the level of petty of women because I do not care what anybody says. There is a very small percentage of women that can date like men. There is a very, very limited small percentage of women that can beat the brakes off a man, get up the next day, can deal with seeing him with other women, can deal with him sleeping with other women, not get competitive, not feel no type of way, not get nothing out of it, know that it ain't going nowhere, and still be okay with it. And be like, yeah, and we could still, you know, because I like the sex and you like the sex and we could just, there's a, and literally we call that a prostitute because she's, but a prostitute at least gets paid. Okay. So when you take a woman and you beating the brakes off and I try to explain to him that a lot of women, so, so for example, cause I had to share some things about myself and I said, listen, I used to be a petty bitch. I ain't going to front. And if I thought that I was dealing with somebody, cause you know, I've had long-term relationships or like, you know, spin the block type shit, you know, like where, you know, I'll have somebody claim me for 10 years. You'd be like, bro, I ain't touched you since 2011. You know, but if I felt like spinning the block, I could. I could touch you. I just haven't. But, like, if I felt petty and I felt like, oh, he think he's going to be in a little relationship, watch me. I'm about to call this motherfucker. I bet you he pick up the phone. 
And if he took up the phone as a woman in my heart, I know if I wanted to fuck that motherfucker, I could. And so a lot of men don't realize these are the games that women play. And so you have to be careful when you're in new relationships because nothing is more attractive than a man that, that is in a relationship, especially when you in, so like the relationship that you were in, where we saw you for a very long time be single, you were courting, you were dating, and then we meet this wonderful woman online and y'all in a goddamn pagoda somewhere in Italy or wherever the fuck y'all was at, and she, you know, getting some shoes made and shit like that. Women look at that, and I know that you went through, did, did like, exes from 1987 come out the woodwork and ask you some dumb shit like, you know, do you remember the eighth grade when I lost my rock up underneath the bridge? You remember what bridge that was? Like, dumb shit like that. And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, my guy is so, like, he just, like, you know, he's, he's somebody that he's, he protects people. He, you know, he loves women, like, in the sense of he wants to protect women. That's, that's what he does. And he's just he, he has a good he has a good heart and I try to tell him I'm like these bitches be knowing what they be doing they don't they don't give a fuck about what kind of oil you use in your goddamn hair they don't give a fuck about how your mama doing or what your your cousin and like you see what I'm saying they being funny and you're not seeing it because you really think they know that you're in a relationship they know that they heard that you get married they know and they're trying to figure out this motherfucker is a stone face. This motherfucker said he wasn't never getting married. This motherfucker didn't want to marry me. But now all of a sudden he getting married to this bitch over here in this amount of time. How the fuck did that happen? Mm-hmm. So now did you experience that where bitches is calling you out the bullboard talking about they left your day CDs at your house? <laughs> <laughs> they left their um, from the gym? So, so just to keep it funky, right, like that's a – that's a regular occurrence, whether whether or exactly. not um, I'm in a relationship. But in that particular instance, I think the energy from that relationship was so palpable. It was a respect yeah. to the checker situation, and women just respected it. And um, now there were several who were like, not women whom I had been with or previously in a relationship. They were right. women who. Because you know me, I'll be like, um, I'll meet someone like, hey, I really don't have time right now, you know, but look, do your thing, and if, you know, the things come back around, opportunity presents itself, we'll see what's happening. So there were women who were like, well, fuck, I was waiting to kick it with you. Or you get an opportunity to try, yeah, and you just, you, the little you in this? Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, when she, you know, when she fuck it up. Right, like I had um. Oh, I know. I, I already know. Shooting you the text messages, and oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got one in particular was like knew nothing about her. So what? Now what did come out of the woodworks though? Wasn't necessarily the exes. What came out of the woodworks were women who just were extremely competitive and was like, look, whatever she got going on, she don't fuck with me. She's not of your caliber. She's not this. She's not that. So go ahead and waste your little time on that and get disappointed. Yeah. And then go ahead and come so on to mama. How do you respond to that? Uh, me, I don't think There's mine no would respond. To. I think mine would just kind of, his his whole thing is like, I just don't respond. Like, I, I won't respond. And so when yeah. you're dealing with somebody like me who got like five businesses, and if a bitch ever came out her goddamn mouth and said, oh, she can't do this or she doesn't do this or she can't do that, I just don't think he will respond because he's just not 
the type of man that's going to be like my bitch. You know, he's not a bragger. He's not going to be like my bitch will run circles around you, you know, in a bedroom or at the boardroom or at a bank. He's just not going to, he just won't respond. But how did you respond? I didn't. <laughs> I, just, okay. I mean, it was, there's nothing to say, right? Exactly. You see, I mean, like, I mean, you know me, so you know the little bit I showed on social media was nothing. Compared to the reality. Oh, I know. I mean, first of all, her body was ridiculous, so I don't even know who the hell said whatever was what they said. So, I I mean, honey, who says that? Like, but go ahead with that. But, but, you know, I I, I appreciate the flattery. You know, I took it that way. Same same way, right? Like, I made no announcement when I was single. But people just started picking up on the energy, right? Right. Picked up on their vibe. But here's the deal. I don't take it personally. Because it is a relationship, it's a contact sport, it's a competitive landscape. And I attract a certain, I really don't attract meek women, right? Like I, right. I attract, you know, alpha go-getters. So I, I just, that, that's the, I expect that level of energy um, from a woman that's interested in me. Because I mean, still super soft, still super feminine, but they get to where they are in life because they go take shit. Mm-hmm. Right, so, but then I know also the other reason, and you know me, like, I don't even take half that shit serious because, like I've told some of them, you really don't, you you aren't even interested in me. You don't even know me, right? You're interested in what you see, and you have this role, this position in your life that needs to be filled, and you believe that I check these boxes, right? But just because I gave her the world, don't assume I'm going to give you a pebble. Right, and not just that. Not I that. listen. I be telling these people all the time. You want this month? Please come get him because this is a goddamn job. This is a journey, and whatever piece of him that you had, that was that is nothing compared to having to nurture and care and love on this man every day and deal with him in this way. It is very different, and you had a very different man than what I had. And that that doesn't mean it's better or worse. It just means motherfucker, please. This is this is he got a job too. Cause trust me, the Denise that he has is not the same Denise that my ex husband had. You understand what I'm saying? This is a man that had to deal with me going to doctors' visits and and just you know medications and just girl, listen, he got a totally different Denise. Okay, so we you know this is this is an actual working relationship it all the pieces have to work and so it makes it once we get through something just a little bit stronger than the last time and like you said the three main things if it ain't lying cheating and stealing we can work through it all this other stupid shit we grown you supposed to have female friends i'm supposed to have male friends okay if you slept with them 27 years ago i don't care i don't give a fuck if you slept with them before i got to you Okay, long as ain't no funny, slick, weird shit going on, cool. Because he had to point out some things about men that I didn't know. I had, um, so you know the original um, Unk. So that's why it's funny when you started calling yourself Unk, I had to make a PSA and tell people that is not the Unk that I was talking about, you know, two years ago or whatever, whatever. You know, some of the Unk that, you know, we were talking about was giving me money or whatever, whatever, like for my business or whatnot. And because uh, people was like, oh, is that uncle? I'm like, no, that's not him. And um, he had put me D to something with that. He's like, this man was giving you money to keep you like on the shelf to keep you celibate, so that when he so he like broke down the whole system of it. And I'm like, but why would a man give somebody 
all this money. And we ain't talking about like no two and three dollars. We talking about you know me. We talking about healthy money. We talking about go get yourself a Toyota money. Like you know what I mean. We ain't talking about no three dollars. We ain't talking about forty dollars in a car in Newport. Five hundred dollars. We ain't talking about that. And um, I had to sit there with myself and say, this motherfucker really did try to put my coochie lay away. Okay, all right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I had to listen. But like I told him, I said, just like I listened to you about that, you got to listen to me when I be telling you about these women. These women know what the fuck they be doing. So the little bit of pictures that I do put out of us, and it's funny because I was drawing over his face for a while. Um, and we go everywhere all the time. That That's not, you know, even a big deal. But we both have issues with, like, security as far as, like, you know, making sure that everybody's safe and what he does and what I do and whatever, whatever, because we both have more than one job. We both play more than one role with, you know, the community, with ourselves, with our kids, like, with everything else that's going on. And so, you know, I try to explain to him that being socialized in a relationship is different when you're with somebody that you're going to marry, you have to function a little bit differently. Just like I can't be at an event and be too long up in somebody's face that don't got nothing to do with fucking business because that reflects bad on you because now this man in his mind is like, oh, okay, that's her husband over there, but she damn for sure was over here talking to me for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, and I don't I don't sell no CBD products. You see what I'm saying? And so you have to be cognizant of the fact these nonverbal cues that we send other people because when people see people happy, a lot of people, when they're not happy, they don't like it. And they'll do anything in their power to try to, or, or, or people will see, you know, we, we, we've gone out, you know, when we went to, you know, Kona Grill and shit like that. And you can look at people and tell when they're not happy or when there's a crack in the foundation or when you can slide your way into a relationship. Like, you was a not-shit motherfucker at one point. You was a not-shit motherfucker. You could look at a woman and tell when she wasn't fucking happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I could look at a man and tell when, when he's getting sick of his broad. Like, okay, you know. And I had to sit and I had to tell a woman before. And I've not put my hands on a, many a men when I looked at it. And once I listened to their story and I thought to myself, I'm not going to even touch this man. You know why? Because if his woman would just go home and love on him, give him the Scooby snacks, he wouldn't even be sitting here with me because he actually loves his woman. She just ain't fucking him. And literally that really is all it is for some men. And a lot of women, hmm? I was going to say, but here's the deal with that, right? So unfortunately, man, um, you know, a lot of us have very, very simple needs, but then some of us have more, some of us have more complex needs. And if you've only dealt with the woman that, that if you only dealt with women that have met your simple needs, then you like cool. You think that's what it is, and then you may fuck around and run across a woman or a man in your case, who who sparks something in you, and you're like shit. You had some other taste you didn't know you had, right? You had other mm-hmm. needs you didn't know that you had. You had the desires, other ways to connect, right? Especially as you start to experience things and move and evolve. And that's why you got to be at, that's how you got to add the flow. And I think one of those things, you know, even when we pick partners, you know, a lot of people pick partners for the, for the moment and they pick partners for how mm-hmm. they feel right now. They, they pick partners based on today's, not a partner <clears throat> that you've chosen today 
that has the that has the appropriate footwear to walk with you into your tomorrows. And I think that is the thing because we're very short-sighted on those choices. And as long as you do that, as long as you do that, that's it, right? Because people, <clears throat> they don't realize you get, you get this boom, this explosion, this connection, but usually that's from a collision. So that's two things going in, two things whose paths have crossed and there's a collision of some sort. And at that point, you get this chemistry, you get all this stuff. But that doesn't mean the trajectories now change and you're headed in the same direction. You could just be in that moment for a while where everything was discombobulated, but then on the other side of it, you back going into your opposite directions versus someone who's on a parallel path with you or is an adjacent path to you on their own. And then your paths are so clo- so close, <clears throat> the, mag- the magnetism draws them together, and then the path becomes intertwined. But they're still headed in the same direction on the compass, right? And like in the situation, the relationship that you're in now, et cetera, like you find that. Like as wonderful as my last lady was, that was that thing, right? It was great. It wasn't meant to be forever. Even though you could have desired it, could have been pulled to make it happen, that's not what it was for either one of us, where we were headed and what we wanted out of life. And I think when we cho- when we don't choose that is when we leave ourselves openness, openness acceptable. Not saying that somebody cheats, but it can happen. But just it, it, when you leave yourself vague, right, like you've heard me say it a zillion times, so we'll law about it. If you leave your gate open and your door unlocked, you can't be mad with somebody at your crib when they feed up on your, on your coffee table leaving soda rings and shit. And you, you just can't be mad at that because you invited that in, right? The absence of action or inaction is action in and of itself, right? So there's right. crimes of opportunity. Pull up somewhere and I got, you know, I done left something on the seat my top's down and I'm in the middle of a high traffic area. What do I expect to happen and what I left unprotected in plain view? Right. So anyway, um, but I, I dropped that just just as a food for thought, right? So even as you're going and like, oh, buddy, you remember, you know, I knew him previously, yeah, years, yes, and and, and, uh, I, and I, so I was like, what? Saying, like that's your dude? That's him? Yeah, and I remember, <laughs> yeah, and I remember him saying, I don't remember him, I don't remember him, and I'm like. Well, he remembered you. And I remember you kept a player. You didn't say nothing. But I remember the look in your face was just like he was a goddamn scoundrel. Like, goddamn it, Denise. But I didn't live there. And so I, it, it didn't, you know me, it don't take long. And I've known him for years, too. But you got to remember, you know, what did you just post the other day about that Internet shit? You know, you can only be who you are on the Internet for so long, buddy. Because when, when I show up in town, all that confidence you had, and, all, and you know, he wasn't a shit talker. He wasn't somebody. But the confidence you had, that was store-bought. That, that bullshit that you was, you know, this, you know, spiritual shit, you full of shit. You know, yeah, there was just a lot of, and we never spoke again. Like, when I tell you that was probably the second to last, I never saw him again after his father's funeral. Like, literally, spirit came down and was like, this is going to be the last time you see this motherfucker. And when I tell you I dragged him for filth about that situation, like, I bawled my eyes out because it was the first time that I had left somebody and they had not done anything to me. He did, That man didn't do nothing to me. 
and and here's the sad part. I know he loved me to death. He did. He loved me for a long time, you know, because we was in these groups together and things like that. And, you know, I'm at a place right now where I don't hate him and I do wish him the best. I hope he's getting help and, you know, doing well. But, you know, I just think that um, – because you knew him when he was married to his other wife, right? Exactly. Was it his other exactly. wife or he was with somebody else? No, his wife. He was married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was with his right. other wife or something like that. And he was another one. Like, So the thing is, is like, you know, with this situation now, like, you know, we, I think we was like three months in and the whole conversation of marriage even came up because we were talking about, diamonds or something and my dude is not like emotional at all like he's actually emotionless and he's like do you like blue diamonds and I was like "Mm, yeah they're some of the most expensive diamonds in the world I was like but I actually like black diamonds like that's my you know because I've already done all the white diamonds and the cushion cuts and the asher cuts like you know I'm I've, I've done all that and um I was like I actually already have you know everything picked out he's like well show me and I showed him, and he was like, okay. And that, you know, that was just really it, you know. So a lot of stuff I keep off the Internet because it's more private and special for us. But just know, like, the moves have been made. Everything is, is good. And he's one of them, like, he's more hands-off. He's more like, okay, show me the picture. Show me what it is that you want. I'll agree or I won't agree, and then that's that. He reminds me a lot of my father, like, in the sense of, like, He's kind of a no fuss, you know. He he goes, he he gets the money, he handles his business, and then that's that. If you like it, I love it. That's what you want. Okay, cool. But it's important for him that family gets along, that the kids, you know, we all get along, and that's what's important for him. Consistency is important. Loyalty is important. Trust is important. Just the the basics. Um, and then me getting to the next level in my business, and him being supportive and being a backbone is. You know, and so that's another thing. Like, we talked about me retiring. You know, he said that. He was like, I really, you know, don't want you working. Because, you know, I still have a regular job. Oh, yes, I still work my regular job. You know, so in addition to running my business, my 716cbd.com, which we're actually getting ready to roll out a membership program. So we're following a business model that was, you know, suggested to me by the Black Farming Fund, which I'm, you know, a member of that. We've been going, you know, around and around with them for the past year. We're getting ready to do a membership has its, you know, benefits, new levels, new devils type situation where people are going to be able to have membership to 716CBD and you get like monthly boxes of um, products. Just they're trying to get me in all these different stores. I won't say which. We're supposed to be in 14 publications where they're making the announcement because I was the recipient of some good news. So we'll just say that. And, um, yeah, so, you know, he's just like, you know, it's time for you to phase out of that job. You know, I I don't really want you because there's some security issues there. And, you know, when you're dealing with somebody that's in, you know, um, you know, that's military and, you know, into those type of things, and that security is a big issue. You know, he's like, I want, you know, my woman safe. I don't want you being in places where security is an issue. So, um, yeah, so we have the building. We have, I can't wait for you to come up here. But now this one, you and him will get along, you know, and we're actually planning on looking at some homes down there in Dallas because he likes Texas gun laws. So there's that. Um, yeah. 
So we're looking into some some big things down there in Texas, but Dallas, not Houston. But, you know, he's a man's man. You know, this is somebody that, you know, is like, and it's not like the barefoot pregnant in the house. It's his idea of romance is stability. Is here, I bought you this, you know, weapon, and I want you to have it. And I put all the sights and everything on it for you. And that weapon probably costs almost as much as my ring. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's his, that's his language. That's his way. And so I'm good with that. Whereas your way may be 50 million roses, but you know I'm a harsh bitch anyway. You know, so, yeah, I have right. the Versace, I have the Cartier, and I got my Rolex, and I got all that shit. I went and I took him, and I, I took him in the store, and I put a Rolex on him, and he didn't like it. And he wasn't even paying. I was like, you don't like it? And he's like, no. He's like, I just feel, mm, it's just, I'm not. He was underwhelmed. But when we took him to the Shinola store, he loved, I think it was like a, I think it was like an $1,100 watch, and that's what he liked. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's just, he mm-hmm. just is, is, doesn't care. Like, he's just kind of like, that's, I like what I like. And that's and, it. Know. And he knows, which is important. Yeah, and so he's not somebody that's going to be changed whether I bring in 1.8 million or 81 million. You see what I mean? He's not somebody that's going to be, you know, oh, swayed by any of it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and that's good. So it's a different kind of care. So, like, that motherfucker that was down there, how? what was he going to do? Sir, you wasn't going to be able to take care of me. You wasn't even taking care of your mama. You know, because it was always part of the plan of my evolution to phase out of my job. And, you know, my son's going off to college next year. That was always part of the plan was to phase out of the job, run one of my businesses because I have five. You know what I mean? And now with my building being ready to be completed, I can run all the businesses out of the one building. I got to send you some merch anyway. Um, So what's next for you as far as business and everything is concerned? Because I want to get on communication. That's my new thing. I want to get on Sirius XM and shit now. So, you know, the radio thing had always been a, um, a it was just one of those things that I always wanted to do. So it was kind of like a bucket list thing. <laughs> Did that. Uh, it was cool. Um, but I, I like the way the market's shifting. So I'm launching a podcast in Q4 this year. I'm with Law Podcast. It's going to be absolutely amazing. <clears throat> Not, none of what you, how you would think a podcast is going to go. And we're taking it on the road almost immediately. I mean, you know, I got a devoted fan base who is ready and willing oh, and yeah. able and, and looking know, forward. I'm always ready, too, to come on there whenever. For sure. And then, um, you know, I, I decided I needed my fingers in several things, but everything that ran back. So I partnered um, with a partner I did some other business with, and we have uh, created an African-American owned fragrance house, right, uh, with our own formulas. We can white label, et cetera. So that's done. We got our, got some in the marketplace already. So that's working. <clears throat> now we're doing a piece where we're shifting to this amazing thing with candles. That's happening. Uh, outside of that, everything is coming back to the media piece I'm building off of wood. But you know what I'm most excited about, believe it or not? And I don't know how long I'm going to be able to sustain this and continue to do it. But, you know, I do one-on-one coaching um, okay. and group experiences. And I absolutely love it. I really just don't know how long I'm going to be able to maintain it, right, um, yeah. just from a time perspective. It's often it's a but, lot of- <clears throat> but, 
yeah, but seeing people take, you know, Marvel Project strategies and things and use them and seeing it shift their lives, like, it just makes me feel good. And that's a different kind of thing. Um, and then I'm partnering with a couple people on a couple different things. So to bring it all in, everything related to me um, is related to media, merch, and um, and then these, these are the core businesses, which will be around fragrance, right? So the fragrance piece is my long play, right? That is that <clears throat> that is that next thing that I'm looking to have set up, and you know, I'll do a bunch of biz dev. It's going to do numbers, and it's happening. Um, but yeah, this this business of wood, people have been clamoring and waiting. <clears throat> and now that I'm just starting to give them some consistently, D, my God, the people are hungry. Um, and I'm happy to feed them. And you know, just like with your supporters, they want to support you. They want to mm-hmm. say, I spent money on X. I showed appreciation this way. So it's really, it was arrogant of me not to give them the opportunity to do so. Yeah, it you really got to always give something, man. Like, that's why I said, like, I went, like, when I first got in this relationship, because I was going through other things, you know, I went, like, months. Like, I think for the first time, I went, like, almost a month. And, like, I was only doing a show, like, once a month, and people were starving to death. And I had to kind of get a little agitated. And I was like, look, y'all got 370 shows, 350 shows. Y'all can go back and listen. Listen to the progress. Give Auntie a minute. And, you know, I was writing for the Art Voice. I was doing Dear Auntie and the Art Voice. I did that for a year, you know, and I stopped doing that. And then I do, you know, I do the spiritual work. So I do the tarot cards. I do that with com. So people were, you know, doing one-on-one, same thing, doing one-on-one kind of like coaching, but we're doing like spiritual, you know, down south, you know, Louisiana type stuff. You saw I was down in, in New Orleans and stuff like that. And I've been doing that type of coaching for probably close to a decade. I mean, I've been doing it all my life, but just professionally, for like a decade, and then there's spiritual stuff that goes with that. So it's the same thing. It's like when you call to do 50 million things and then you don't do it, they start taking things off your plate, the universe, and then you start losing it. So you're like, look, just let me get a minute. So I was just telling my my fiancé, I was like, look, I'm just trying. And then in addition to all of that, we have all these properties, right? So then I have my parents' house. I have my house that's being renovated. Then we're, we're here in his house, and then we're transitioning and between the houses. And then I had a studio that I was, you know, trying to rent out that I was doing my shows in. So we're moving in between, like, you know, so it's just like now that we're all in one space and then the other renovations are getting done, it's just, it's the same thing. Like you're, you're able to get organized and you're able to get focused. You know, Mm. and now you're able to say, okay, now I can full speed ahead. That's why I said I was commenting under some of your stuff where I said you can see the focus is back because sometimes you have to take those things off your plate because the relationship just comes out of nowhere. You know, like when I'm not in a relationship, I'm extremely productive, but my work is a little bit different because my questions are different because I'm not in love or my, my, my thought process is different because I'm not getting it you know, from, or I'm not having to conform, or I'm not having to compromise, or I'm not giving you advice from a personal standpoint. You know, relationships, especially marriage relationships and and relationships that are ending in marriage, like we don't have, and especially when you're older, I guess it's true what they say, like, you know, 
You know, ain't, ain't nobody dating to, and, and like I said, I could date to have a good time. This is somebody I've known since I was a child. So all that old, like, oh, what do you like to eat? What do you like to eat? Like, we already know. I know your daddy, your daddy knew my daddy. Your mama, as soon as I seen her, she knew exactly who I was. We got our cousins, all that. We all, it's it's all we know each other. So there's there's certain levels that, that got skipped that didn't need to be had. We were raised similarly. We knew each other. We were all at the same parties. It's just, it's, it's weird. We, we joke and say, it's almost like the universe sat us down when we were children, put us in two corners, and zapped us with the men in black thing. And was like, these two kids are not going to remember each other until they're in their 40s. And then we're going to let them meet each other. He worked across the street from my, from from where my mom lived. He actually worked with my mother before she passed. Mm. For years, for years, the man that we called our uncle was his dad, and he is a oh, no blood wow. relation to me. Yeah, like that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like when I say, like when we went to go see his mom the one day, she looked at us and she said, "Oh no, y'all can't date, y'all related." And we're like, "No, we're not," because my dad is not really my dad. My mom, you know, my mom is a G, so she got married a bunch of times, and so we had to break it all right. down. Like his mom telling me stories about my mom and my dad that I didn't know about because, like, do you see what I'm saying? So our parents had dinner parties together, and me and him are only a year apart. So do you see what I'm saying? It's almost like when you come into relationships that are sanctioned, a lot of certain things, like, it just, everything just feels normal, feels right. But with that comes the work. You know, any a motherfucking Gemini. Goddamn Gemini. Goddamn Gemini, would. <laughs> that was my it's like, last uh, yeah, it's like which one are we getting today? Which, which man am I getting today? Oh, okay, that's what we getting today. All right, let me get my dress on. You know, that's what we getting today. Let me put my boots on. That's what we getting today. Let me let me go get a bathing suit on. You know, but it's gonna be a lot of fun living out the rest of the day. Now, are you gonna be able to come up here when I send you the invite? You gotta come, boy. You gotta come, man. Oh, yeah. we'll put you. Up. Uh, we'll have a place. I'm I'm there. I um. You gotta. I'm gonna you know it's gonna be yeah. an extravaganza. Oh, for sure. I'm there. I, um, I took basically to, you know, the pandemic hit, man. I mean, you know me. I was flying two, three flights a week, just moving I know around. You were. And then, so the pandemic hit, and that was the longest I had sat down since like '98. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I know, I know. You were getting that miles up. You were trying to get what was it like the Black Car Club or whatever. Oh yeah, I was you know Millie up easy no matter what. Yeah. Um, now are you still in the same? How's Mom Duke doing? How's Mom Duke doing? You know I love Mother Everybody, Everybody's lovely. They'll be they're coming to visit in November, and uh, I'm gonna start traveling again in December. If it, yeah. So know, we we doing some yeah. now. We're supposed to because he got now. Here's what's funny now. Now hold on now because you know he got some cousins down there in Houston now. Just so you know, um, he got some cousins down there in Houston. So I told him I said, yeah, I gotta go down there and see my people. Cause you know I gotta see Liz. You know she done pop. You know right. my little cute friend Liz and my girl Chrissy. Uh, Liz done popped out a baby. Chrissy done got her little body done. Chrissy was on the forefront of that before all them babies was getting their booty done. Chrissy done went been got hers done, honey. And you know what's so funny? We were down there at Slim Thug's brunch. Right, this is right before COVID hit. I didn't get to see you that time. I was in and out, and um, oh, I remember right before COVID hit. And listen, what happened? We get home and we find out Slim Thug was one of the first motherfuckers that had COVID. I said, "God damn it!" And they was like, "Yo, boy, don't got COVID." I said, "Shit, I don't have it." <laughs> Hell not. We was at the uh, the little ball he had down there when he has the the black affair. Mm-hmm. But 
because um, it was his boy Rico's birthday. But now we'll we'll probably end up trying to get down there before summertime. But like I said, I'm gonna end up probably taking the summer off. But by, by, by summertime, I'll probably have phased out and we'll be able to travel a little bit more freely because he gets a shit ton of time off. But I definitely y'all will sit down, y'all will definitely mess. But yeah, the event it'll be during the week. Definitely, we're not doing like a weekend wedding type situation. It ain't even gonna be that. It's gonna be just a party. You nobody will be at the wedding. It'll just be us for anxiety uh, issues and purposes, just because that's private. And then um, it'll just be me and him, and then the, the the preacher. And then when we we do the event, you know, to get that done and over with, you know, prenups is in in, in effect. And then when we do the reception, we do the party. That's where. You know, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be less than 200 people. He's like, oh, we don't know that many people. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Yes, we do. Right. You know what I mean? So just something nice. And there's, there's definitely a scene, but there's definitely going to be an all-black affair. And it'll be midweek, so you ain't got to worry about a weekend. So definitely be able to come up. It won't be snowing. I can give you that hint. But you got definitely a lot of time before it, it happens. So. But um, now let me get your opinion on this before we end the show. So one of my favorite couples broke up, Nazan and Mandy and Miguel. Beautiful couple. They were together for 17 years total. They were together, I want to say, 14 years before they got married. They were only married like three years. What the? And when you saw them together, you saw the love. You saw it. I mean, she was with them. Um, way before he even became I think she was with him when the motherfucker was singing on like Star Search type shit what the hell do you say to something like that they done been through um, everything I'm not surprised um, it's something really? about I, I bet if we it's ran statistically no I don't think that it's something about you'll see it in regular life these couples who have <clears throat> been together forever, have built lives together, have sustained, they've been happy, and then they get married. I, I've seen it time and time again. I don't think it's a Hollywood thing at all. Couple been together, you know, 10 years, 15 years, no marriage. They might have property, kids, whatever, like, and they got a system, mm-hmm. everything works, and then they go ahead and take the step to get married. It's just something about that, and it's usually within two, three years, almost every single time. I know I can I can think of six or seven couples like that personally. See now me I'm opposite. I feel like and I think that that's why people should not date that long. I mean do whatever works for you, but marriage to me like I said is a business. When people say like marriage is just a piece of paper, well so is money, honey. And when you get older and like like what they say um with the song uh when you get old and you sitting in your rocking chair and you 60 years old, everybody needs somebody to take care of them going into this next life, doing the rest of this bid on life. And so, and these are younger. These these kids are younger than us. But that just really hurt me because they were one of the very few couples that I looked at. And and not and I don't idolize anybody. Fuck these people. But I looked at them, and you could tell that they were genuinely in love. And I just think, and I I always call it the wrong years. Y'all were together the wrong years. Y'all probably should have gotten married long time ago. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or just shouldn't have got married at all. You should have bought her up because it's all the same. If he buys you a house, that's a marriage. Children are not marriages. Cars are not marriages. He buys you a house, that's a marriage. At least you have something that says, okay, this person, you know, he puts you on that life insurance policy as a beneficiary, that's a marriage. 
okay? Mm-hmm. You eligible to collect something if, 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 if something happened to them, that's a marriage. So if the piece of paper was what was keeping y'all, you know, because you ain't never heard no scandals. I know they had pretty much, because you know out in Hollywood they be having all them open relationships and marriages and shit like that. And, again, I don't judge because I know personally people that do it, and that's what works for them. That's what keeps their relationship going. I couldn't do it because I'm psychotic, but, you know, and I never learned to share as a child because I was the only girl. So, but, yeah, that was one of the things that kind of, like, fucked my week up. But I was like, when you build, I think, the relationship I'm in now foundationally is built a little bit different because we both understand that we have a job to do for each other. You understand what I'm saying? I have a responsibility to him and he has a responsibility to me. And I remember, you know, at one point when I, it just, it just, it really feels different and it's not the sappy, you know, Oh my God, I just, I just love you so much. That's not what this is. This is, Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know this motherfucker will go through a wall for me. Like, he will start a war for me. He will come looking for me. He will, you understand what I'm saying? And he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt, I will make sure that nothing happens to him. And I will make sure that he's taken care of. He's well fed. He's, he's you know what I mean? Like, he's going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to have to worry about anything. And that's just, it's very different at our age. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, yeah, we still do all the lovey-dovey stuff, you know. But when you've lived your whole life by yourself, because we're both mean as hell. We are. But I laugh at what my life would have been like, because it's funny because I saw my ex-husband in New Orleans with my son. And it's funny because I was looking at because he's on his third divorce. He just divorced again, and his his wife remarried. <laughs> the one that lives in Houston. Remember I told you my ex-husband lives in Houston and then they was down there. Remember I told you his ex-wife was a goddamn yeah. asshole towards me? Well, she remarried. Uh-huh. They divorced in March. Huh. I think she remarried in March. I said, well, will you look at that. And I told him, I said, y'all going to listen to me when I tell you about these bitches in the beginning. I told you her ass was a hoe. You going to listen to me when I tell you. And so, you know, me and, we, me and my ex-husband, we cool. We've been cool. But like I said, you know, going forward, I have to be the one and we sat down and we had to talk life insurance. We had to talk about the kids. And, you know, it's really sad that when it, when it was all said and done, I'm the one that had to sit back down and the one that he trusted out of all the wise to be able to sit down and make sure that if something happens to him, all his children, not just ours, not just my son's kids will be okay. You know, and right, I think right. that that's when you get older, what a lot of men are looking for, just making sure, like, the pretty is going to be all right. Everybody, honey, I would, listen, they can put my face through 50 needles. I'll be all right. Stab me with the Botox, honey. I'll be all right. I am not against getting all new teeth in Columbia either. I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be out here, whatever yeah. Nikki Murphy's doing, whatever Eddie Murphy ex-wife's doing, shit, I'm going to be doing it too. We get money around here. I promise you that. Okay? That's so I ain't worried about that. Mm-hmm. I said, that's real. That's one of the things I'm really pushing for young men, man, is to to get exposed to that point earlier in the game, right? Oh, not, it's not it's not necessarily to split time, you know, enjoying their lives, if you will, but just to not have to go through adverse experiences to get open to learn about these other things that are important and enjoy them. So even if they look at a potential or particular mate, this is what it is. I want them to think every time, you know, they go in deep and they cream pie somebody that's a quarter million to a half million dollar nut. Yep. Does that change things? 
right, if Plan B's abortions and condoms didn't, didn't exist, would you still deep stroke her? Yep. Right? So that is when, and when we start to think about ourselves as more, men, young men in particular, with more weight um, on who we are, we'll make better moves. Right, it's cool, you know, and that's really a Western civilization thing. Feelings are cool, but feelings ain't facts, right? So that good balance of being pragmatic and you put the feelings within, that's a beautiful thing, especially for a man. So I'm, I'm like, I'm pushing that. You look at my content, you'll see how it's just driving toward men, really trying to counteract. Like, you know, be responsible, put yourself up, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, your, your weight, a chick should know when she comes to fuck with you that the price may be too high for her because it's a cost to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. This one costs right here. I promise you that. God damn. Yeah, even me getting yeah, this one costs. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was at that last relationship, when I stepped back, I said, I treat it just like, like stock, right? When a company knows, when a company gets, for some reason, gets flushed with cash or the market dips, and they know they got some good shit on the roadmap coming down that's going to triple their stock price, you know what they do? Yeah, down that pipeline, <laughs> yeah. They go stock and they go buy a bunch of their stock back up because they know what they got in the wings. They already capitalized. I don't need any more money to go do this. I already got it. Let me go gobble up as much of my stock as possible. So once I get ready to drop this new thing on the world that I already know is existing and they're coming for it, it's going to demand even higher premiums and I can make more off of it. And that's exactly what I think people should do. So the price to fuck with me is through the roof right now, and it's going to remain up there. You dig? And that's what I'm encouraging more young women and young men to do. Women seem to do a better job at it. So I want men, you know, just, just be more focused. Stand the value of what you're working with. You know what I mean? You got a life giver. You're a God. Do better. You know what I mean? Yep. And and see, that's the other problem. These women don't know the difference between gods and kings. And then they don't know the difference between a bum and, and, and somebody that's just an imposter. You know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, that woman that was down there, that was a king. He was a king. He was a misguided king, but he was a king. I only fuck with gods now. I can't fuck with no king. You're still a mortal. You still doing shit with people of the flesh. Nobody got time for that. You know what I'm saying? I, I got to be out here doing shit that's that's legacy-based. You still out here, mm-hmm. you know, participating in, in dumb shit. You know, you still out here dealing with, like, you know, it's funny because he was telling me he had dealt with this chick that he had dealt with. I want to say he dealt with that girl. I'm talking about the one in Texas for, like, years. And then when he met me, like, he stepped his game up so high. So I call it. The glitter. I said, oh, now you fuck with me. You got you some glitter. Now you forgot about the little hood rats and the little bitches that you was dealing with before me. And see, now you think that you could get other bitches like me. And see, the problem is you can't. See, and when I leave you, you go back to being the same raggedy motherfucker that you was before. And you're going to go back to dealing with the same type of bitches you was dealing with before because that's your comfort zone. Because you couldn't because you're an imposter. You couldn't keep me when you had me because you didn't know what the fuck to do. You didn't know how to act. I put you in a social setting with my peers, people that I respect, people that, do you see what I'm saying to you, Wood? And look what you did. Came out with a tucked in goddamn T-shirt looking fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Out right, here in right. the gym taught you a goddamn personal trend. Like, sir, if you don't get your goddamn career path together, but in addition to all of that, 
the relationship that I'm in now. And again, like I said, when I'm wrong and I be fucking up and the shit don't work out, I'll be the first to tell you I made a mistake. I chose wrong again. And that's what I think people love about our show is that when we fuck up or we fall short of the grace of the gods, we'll tell you, but false alarm, false motherfucking alarm. And I tell you right now, shit, every week I be getting a divorce and I ain't even fucking married yet. Because it's it's going against the grain. It's a job for me. It's hard for me to listen to somebody say, Denise, you wrong. You know, you you, you can't talk to me like that. Why not? Should I talk to everybody else like that? Like, do you see what I'm saying? It's hard for Mm -hmm. me to to listen to somebody say, well, you know, and sometimes he'd be a fucking asshole too, you know, but I'd be a fucking asshole too. But then guess what happens? And we both have to calm down and decide that our relationship is worth more than both of us throwing a fucking tantrum today. You had a bad day, bitch, are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. Well, that's what the fuck was wrong with you. Like, it's like two little old people, you know, and then you have to start learning. So you have to learn your person, but you have to also learn that that person didn't mean that, you know, and then because of his job or because of what else is going on or because of the type of woman. A lot of men underestimate the fact that the type of women that you are used to dealing with shapes the way that you treat the women that you get going in the future. And so one time he said to me, well, I never had to deal with this with other women that I dealt with. I said, right, because you never had a woman like me before. That's why. Right? And so if you never had a me, how would you know how to treat me if you never had one? You know, and that doesn't mean that I'm better or worse than anybody else, but if you never had a woman that worked five jobs, that was an actual parent, that had custody of her child, that that did everything, that took care of family, that took care of friends, that took, you know what I mean, that was financially sound, that, that had some, some issues with depression, that, do you see what I'm saying, that was doing this and was doing that and running five businesses, then how, how you know, that, that was celibate for two and three years at a time, you know, that, that dated a serial killer, that wrote six books, that how, how would you know? So, no, you can't tell me that you've ever fucked with nobody like me before, and you never will. So it's not about money. It's not about anything. I just come with a different set of consequences. You see what I'm saying? Just like mm-hmm. you. I've never dealt with anybody like you before. So you come with a different set of consequences. But what I do know is that he'll, he'll, he'll clear the board for me. And I think that with women, a lot of men underestimate the level of safety. Like I was reading something today because I don't care. I, I love young love. I do. And Moneybag, you know, the one that sings uh, that song, I Got Time Today, and Ari, mm. I love them together. I think they are the sweetest couple. She just bought them 28.8 acres, and, you know, they bicker and they do whatever. They do what young people do, but I love them together, whether they're married or not, because they make making generational wealth moves. He bought her a Lambo. She bought him a Maybach. I love to see that shit. I love to see it, because regardless of going on, they're both chopping out, and they're both spending money, and she's not spending his money. She's spending her money. And I'm like that. When I'm in a relationship like that, he getting what I get. That's that's what that's what it is. And um and everybody talking shit and she's like, I've never felt so safe because she's a cancer too, I'm a cancer. And she's like, I've never felt so safe and secure in a relationship. And a lot of women don't know what that means. That's not that doesn't just mean he he gonna shoot somebody for me. That means financially that means you're not going to let no bitch come between us. That means that you're not going to let no man come between us. That means that you're going to correct me if I'm wrong in private. 
That means that you're not going to run to the Internet telling our business. That means that you're not going to just let nobody talk to me crazy. That means that you protect this house. That, and she was talking about the way he loves her son, who is by another man, okay, because, you know, she had a son. Like, do you see what I'm saying? A lot of men underestimate the fact that when you cheat on us, you make us feel unsafe. When you lie to us, you make us feel unsafe. When you can't pay motherfucking bills, you make me feel unsafe. You see what I'm saying? So you don't got to be rich, but if I can't come to you with certain things, you make me feel unsafe. And if I don't feel safe and I got to do anything out of the ordinary, then what what are you here for? And so that is how I feel in this current relationship. With dude that was down there in Texas, I felt very unsure when that motherfucker fist his face to ask me for some money out the ATM. I did not mm. like that. My coochie got extremely dry. It was very dry. <laughs> but anyway, it did. I tell people all the time, all that unemployment and broke shit, like that's cool for a season. That's cool for a little bit. But all relationships would, you know, I tell people I prepaid. Whatever you poured into me, maybe when I didn't have it, whether it was financially, whether it was mentally, whether it was a house or whether it was just a place to stay or just some, some you know, just some love, right, I'm going to pour it right back mm. into you as soon as I get it. And so when you see a lot of women leaving men, I want men to stop saying, oh, that was a gold digger, this, this, and this. You don't know what that motherfucker did to her when he had it. Might have gave her ass all kinds of diseases, threw her down the stairs a couple times, talked to her like she crazy, didn't come home, and now, yeah, she left his ass. Because what was his purpose now? You ain't got shit. Bye. And it wasn't that she was sticking around for the money. She was sticking around hoping things was going to get better. And now that they didn't, you could get Medea out of here. You could go. You know, a lot of That's women real. do the same thing. Yeah, a lot of women do the same thing. They be the breadwinner in the situation. They talk to their man like they fucking crazy. I don't give a fuck if I'm the breadwinner. He's still going to pay all the bills. I don't pay no bills. I don't pay no bills. I mean, I buy the groceries. I do everything else. I wouldn't give a fuck if I made $40 million. I'm not, he d- does not want me to pay the bills. That is what he does. Right? And so because of that, if we need a deck off the back of the house, okay, that's, that's technically not a house bill. That's not the mortgage. Okay, I could go put the deck on the back of the house. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's prepaid. You had me when you, you made it so that I didn't have to do certain things. Okay, so you could sleep on Egyptian thread count sheets. You could eat the big piece of chicken. And I cook every day. You know me traditionally. But anyways, make sure you repeat them handles. Guys, go follow Wood. We don't went over on this show as we always do. Anything else you want to tell the <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Because we're going to get you back on here. I, I want to get you back on for some segments. We're going to have to start doing this again because I'm going to start pulling your ass off the show. You ain't disappearing again this time. Because we're on <laughs> yeah, iTunes yeah, now. And you know I already hashtag your Woodlaw on this iTunes show. <laughs> That's what's happening. Um, I did because check you know it out, we got to make it happen. You got to stop peering. We lose money like that. Uh, no, that's that's without that's without question. I know I lost a killer, but um, and send people, me some candles and shit. You've been treating me bad. You ain't sent me nothing. You know I got a man now. Send me some shit. You know I love to promo. I, I got you. When we um, I'm, I'm gonna tap in with you offline. Let you know what's popping. But um, what so you can hit me? Actually, you just hit the site, man. Woodgatlin.com. W-O-D-G-A-T-L-I-N.com. You can do that, of course, Viva Woodlife, V-I-V-A-W-O-D-L-I-F-E. Or you can just text and join my community at uh, 281-502-2238. 
and you can be tapped oh, in. Oh, he's giving a number, y'all. Okay. Yeah, you can be completely tapped in and hit, be able to exchange and hit directly from me, get exclusives and all that without having to wait for stuff to drop on social media. And that's 281-502-2238. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna play a song that I asked mine today. Could it be our wedding song? And he said no, so I just thought it was funny. But I want to play it for y'all anyway. The good show would. I'm gonna hit you offline because I want my stuff. Thank you, y'all, for listening. <laughs> he was like, no. I was like, for real. <laughs> uh, what is the wedding song? Or at least the reception. Like our wedding song. He was like, no. I was like, okay. You know the song? That's my jam. That's what I'm saying. Girl, I could write a book on how you're making me feel. I know I'll never find. 